0: You got all that from one bag of oranges? That's right! Order now and you'll get Sun and Run, the suntan lotion that's also a laxative! Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Mr. A. For those of you that listen to this podcast frequently, you'll know that I'm very fond of character voices and have a dream to one day become a voice actor myself. So I'm very excited to chat to today's guest. She works in theater, film, television, and voiceover work and has had voice roles on Bob and Doug, The Cat in the Hat knows a lot about that, and so many more. She's been nominated for several Canadian Screen Awards and she has taught improvisation and voice acting among many other things. Ladies and gentlemen, Please welcome, all the way from Toronto, Canada, Tracy Hoyt.
1: Hello, Michael Theo. What a thrill to meet you. I'm a huge fan of your work, especially on the podcast.
0: Thank you, Tracy. Thanks for
1: having me. I'm 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 just so pumped. I have butterflies. I'm so excited.
0: <laughs> Are you starstruck?
1: I'm a little starstruck, I'm not going to lie, I I watch Love on the Spectrum, I have listened to every episode of your podcast, I love your guests, I love how you get to know people, I love how much you share about yourself, and how you see the world, and I just, I reached out to the show just because I love love the show, and never thought in a million years I'd be a guest, so this has already made my whole year, so there you go. Wow. I am starstruck. Thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people I've encountered are pretty starstruck as well. (laughs) I do have some really exciting questions for you.
1: I can't wait.
0: My first one is, were you the kind of kid that made funny voices for your family?
1: Yes, I certainly was. I, I not only impersonated family members, Michael, but I impersonated actors from commercials, cartoons I was watching. Um, whenever we went on vacation I would impersonate the waitresses if we were down in Florida in the southern part of the United States (laughs) so yeah I was I was that kid I was also a middle child so I got a lot of attention doing that well
0: that was definitely a talent you had
1: were you that kid too I'm so curious
0: yes yes I was
1: I had a feeling
0: I actually did impressions mostly of cartoon characters
1: yes as did I Especially from Peanuts, from Charlie Brown, I loved those characters, especially Linus. He was my fave. I never saw that. Oh, you've never seen the Charlie Brown specials? Like Charlie Brown Christmas? Oh my goodness. so So good. Real kids were playing the parts. They were actual children. So that's what made it seem believable. Like Maybe I could be a voice actor too, is hearing kids do the voices, not adults pretending to be kids.
0: Yeah, that wouldn't work. Although um, Nancy Cartwright is able to pull off Bart Simpson very well.
1: She certainly is. Yes, she inspired me hugely with that ability. And yeah, we can talk about how she does that later.
0: (laughs) In fact, um, one of my questions involves asking about her, her mentor.
1: Yes, one of your, I think he's one of your favorites. Am I right?
0: I do hold him in high regard.
1: Yes, I've heard about her mentorship with him and what an influence he was on her. I just can't think of his name at the moment.
0: Are you familiar with Dorse Butler or Don Messick?
1: I grew up hearing... Well, even Mel Blanc? Oh, Mel Blanc. I grew up hearing all of those incredible artists, the masters of yeah. character. And yeah, in mm. fact, I went on YouTube the other night and I was watching some compilation videos and just couldn't... My husband and I could not believe how many of those characters we grew up with. Um, I forgot about Augie Doggie. <laughs> and I know you have... I think you have um, a favorite dog character that has sort of a whistly, wheezy laugh. Can you do that for me?
0: You mean Motley?
1: <laughs> Fantastic. I've heard you do it on the show before, but I was hoping you would do it again for me.
0: <laughs> With Motley, I can't do that that laugh as well as Don Messick could because um that's a wheezing smoker's laugh.
1: It's definitely I wasn't going to say anything Michael, but that was definitely a smoker's laugh. Even as a kid I knew that because both my parents were smokers.
0: Don Messick was a smoke was a smoker as well. And but also I'm not
1: I'm not either, because, you know, I've been doing this a long time, and, and having a healthy voice is a big part of being a voice actor, so I don't know how they yeah. did it, but you get more breath control yeah. if you don't smoke. My, my father loves Mel Blanc,
0: because he grew yes. up with like Looney Tunes.
1: Oh my goodness. So many classic characters.
0: And Dolph Butler, he was Nancy Cartwright's mentor. Yes. And Mil- Bill Farmer as well.
1: And Nancy Cartwright, she's the one who played Lisa, yes? Lisa Simpson?
0: No. No, Bart.
1: Oh, she's played Bart. Okay, the, that Bart thing that she does, that sort of compression of her throat, that that taught me how to play little boy characters. Like there's sort of like a, it's almost like you have a little cold in your throat. I don't oh. know, there's just, that's what I learned from, and it also sounds a bit nasal as well. So mm. uh, that can help you play younger as well. So I found that helpful.
0: I see. Losing those three men left a large void in the in the voice acting field.
1: It certainly did, yeah. I, I looked up one of them last night and he had over 400 credits, Michael, on IMDb, the Internet Movie Database. That's an extraordinary amount of work, like decades of work.
0: But that's and because he did countless voices at, for Hannah, B, Hannah Barbara. Yes. With Mel, Mel Blanc's characters, with Looney Tunes, no matter how hard any of the current voice actors try, they can never sound the same as Mel Blanc did.
1: I have to agree, Michael. Like, no one could do what he did. <laughs>
0: Even with Don Messick's characters, he did Scooby-Doo the best.
1: I have to agree with you. (laughs) Can you do a version of Scooby? Do you have your own version?
0: (gasps) (laughs) Woo Uh, Raggy?
1: (laughs) I love how you're using your whole face to do that, and I'm feeling it all the way here in Canada. Fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Ruby-Doo! Fantastic commitment. (laughs) <laughs> Raku! <laughs>
0: i got to ask you, when did you start to think that your voice was special?
1: Well, you know, I, as I said, I was a middle child, so for me, getting a laugh was huge currency for me as a kid. Anything to get me special attention. And so I knew I could make my family laugh, Michael, but I think it was when I was in the schoolyard. I was only about seven or eight years old, but I remember I did an impersonation of Lily Tomlin from the show Laugh-In. Is that a show you've heard about before, Laugh-In? It was an American, very funny comedy variety show. Lily Tomlin played a little girl named Edith Ann. And she sounded like she had asthma or a terrible cold. And she was in this ginormous rocking chair. So she was an adult actress, but she looked like a tiny girl in this huge chair. And, and she always sounded like she had a cold and her tongue was affected. And I, I think I did an impersonation of Edith Ann, and it made my friends in the schoolyard at recess laugh that day. And I remember thinking, whoo. Maybe that's something I could do. If I can impersonate someone doing that, I didn't even know what impersonate meant, but I had a feeling that that might be a special skill that might be an interesting thing down the road. I had no idea you could be a voice actor, really. My dad was a radio announcer, but he wasn't really a character voice person. So I knew about being on the radio, but I didn't know about doing that for a job. So I think that's where that seed got planted for me, getting Mm. laughs from my friends.
0: (laughs) I don't really um, relate to that because... um I'm actually the oldest out of me and my siblings.
1: I know that. I was going to ask you about that. So how did you get attention?
0: Well, I wasn't really that much of an attention seeker. I was just um, had this desire to be left alone. And because I was constantly off in my own world.
1: But I think that's really unique in your situation, that you were more independent and needed your own space and needed quiet time. But that's where a lot of creativity begins, right, Michael? Where, when you have that time to yourself.
0: Yeah, I would say so.
1: And when you were alone, is that when you were enjoying watching cartoons and absorbing all those voices?
0: Yep, definitely. The main show that I was watching mostly was Thomas.
1: I know you're a fan.
0: Although I'm not really impressed with the reboot.
1: (laughs) I, I can tell you that's a completely authentic response.
0: How did you discover your passion for voice acting?
1: How did I discover it? You know what, I was doing a lot, I already knew for most of my childhood and teen years that I could do goofy voices, but when I was on stage early in my career, I was doing a cabaret show, and I didn't realize it, but I was doing a lot of different characters, and we were using microphones on the stage, and I don't know about you, but when I talk directly into a mic, it feels really cool, it feels different. (laughs) I remember just having a blast on stage, and the man who ran the agency, the talent agency that I was with at the time, this is fresh out of theater school, so I'm just starting out. He came up to me after the show, Michael, and he, he just very quietly said, I think you're gonna have a really good voiceover career, Tracy. And that was the first time I actually thought, oh my gosh, this is a whole side of the business I didn't even think about in theater school. It was actually just a really wonderful, encouraging thing that he believed in me that way and he planted that seed. And within a very few months of that comment, that's when I started auditioning for things and that's when I started booking work in voiceover. So that was way back in the late 80s and I really haven't stopped since then. Wow. So I think that's when it started.
0: That's impressive. (laughs) Thank you. At least you had a lot of people encouraging you and supporting you.
1: I did. I was very lucky. I had a lot of support. I was lucky to have parents who said yes to any kind of classes I ever wanted to take or Anything, any any goofy thing I wanted to try, they always said yes. And I'm an improviser too, Michael, and I th- I know you've improvised on your show. And improvising is all about saying yes. Saying yes is kind of a, a magical thing that uh, affects voice work too. Let's take a listen to some of the characters you have done. Visitors, okay. visitors, okay. and welcome to Me Bear World, an entire amusement park dedicated to the celebration of well, me. You'll notice that Heavenly Homes is modelled after the actual heaven. That way our residents' transition to the afterlife is as seamless as possible. Food is here! Our food is here! Actually, those are my eyelashes. (laughs) Squirrels always bury nuts so that we have food for the winter.
0: Wow, that's quite some impressive talent you have there. Thank you. I'm definitely impressed. Have you ever used a different voice in real life just for fun?
1: (laughs) Oh, that's such a good question. I'm one of four kids. So we were about to go on a big two-week vacation, but my dad took us to a really fancy hotel here in Toronto just for one night at the beginning of the vacation, which was a very big deal for us. We'd never been in a fancy hotel. And I don't know why, Michael, but I just had an impulse, like an improv. When you get a feeling, you get an impulse to do something. We were on the elevator and there were other people on the elevator. And I just decided that because we were in such a glitzy, fancy place, that we were, as a family, we were going to pretend we were from Britain and that we were very rich. And so (laughs) my little brother's name is Gary, and I started calling him Reginald. Reginald, can you press the button, please, on the elevator? Like I was just talking with this fake British accent. And then my sisters and brothers started talking with a fake, so we just pretended we were rich for one night at a fancy hotel. So that's an example of when, <laughs> when I just did it just to make my siblings laugh.
0: Although, ashamedly, I'm not very good with accents.
1: It, it takes quite a lot of discipline. Dialects really take a special ear and noticing one particular thing, it might be just the placement of the voice or the emotion of it or the musicality of it. Is there one that you find particularly tricky to do?
0: So far, the only one I'm, I'm only able to do is just like an, an American accent.
1: And there are so many American accents. Uh, sure. Sure. Can you, have you ever heard of doing a Canadian accent? Nope. Can I, can I give you something to try? Yes, please. So this comes from Bob and Doug, who are characters. I was in a cartoon called Bob and Doug. So Bob and Doug are what you call Canadian hosers. Like just really real, just real hardworking Canadian guys. And... They used to say, take off, eh? So all you have to say is, take off, eh? But you notice how my mouth is kind of tight, Michael? And it's kind of off to the side. There you go, that's nice. So just so it almost means I'll go away with you. Like, take off, eh? Like, go, get out of here. Can you give that a try? Take off, eh?
0: Take off, eh?
1: <laughs> so good. Take off, eh? Take off? Uh, why are you doing that with your mouth? <laughs> well, that helps me stay in the character. It's oh, almost yeah. like a hockey guy. Take oh, off. Yeah. So if you keep that face, Michael, it's going to help you sustain that choice.
0: Take off?
1: So you can see if you had to do that for half an hour or two hours at a cartoon taping, that your face would hurt after a while, right? You yeah. have to keep that promise of the character for quite a while. Sometimes just with the dialect, it's the placement. You know, like Irish can be really tight in the jaw. Like it can be really soft and tight and you know, it's almost like there's a little breath going through your lips. Like, I have some some tricks that I use to help me get there.
0: Ooh, pretel.
1: tell pre pre So it's almost like you're squeezing it through your mouth, Michael.
0: Pre-tell. <laughs> Fantastic. How are you able to change your voice for so many different characters?
1: Well, that's a well-timed question, because I just kind of did an example of one. So just having you try that Canadian, whoa, take off, eh? Just the placement of your facial expression can be a really fun thing to explore. that That's really what happens when you do voice work. You're embodying the choice, whether it's a really subtle emotional choice or a really strong attitude, like a really um, annoyed character or an, a villainous character. You know, if you do a yawn, for example, Micah, like, oh, and just add a bit of sound to the yawn. If you stretch your arm, oh, and you go up into that head part of your voice, just give your, just actually do a yawn. <gasps> <sighs> Hi guys. And just try to make that into a voice. Hi guys. Oh boy. And that part of your voice can be a really interesting character choice. Hey guys, sorry I'm late for the slumber party. Right, <laughs> so it helps you make the face. It helps you place your voice in a different way from how you place it. And it's kind of fun, right? Yep. Are you surprised that you could do a Yanni character?
0: Sort of. <laughs> what vocal warm up exercises do you do?
1: The first thing I usually do with my warm up, Michael, is I slow down the breath. I just focus on breathing gently and deeply and relaxing my breath because the more relaxed the breath, the longer you're going to be able to sustain your vocal sounds and your character sounds. Then I usually do. Um, Anything that's going to help um, warm up the articulator, so the jaw, the tongue, the lips. So things like um, like a little trill. Great, you can add sound to it. You can make shapes with your face like. You can make goofy smiles and goofy expressions and try different parts of your voice. You can actually stretch out the back of the tongue. So Michael, if you take the tip of your tongue and place it just beneath just where uh, on your lower teeth right where your gums meet your teeth you're gonna almost do a yawn but you're gonna go the back of the tongue's gonna stretch out again it's very like a much like a yawn there you go (laughs) good and stretching out the tongue that's a yoga thing too right stretching out the tongue i don't know if you've ever done that in yoga um can i teach you a quick tongue twister that i made up sure and here's what you have to say three times in a row. Okay. Have you edited it yet? Have you edited it yet? <laughs> have you edited it yet?
0: Have you edited it yet, yet, yet? Have you edited it yet? Have you edited it yet?
1: There you go. You see what's already happening with your smile? Your voice is placed higher and you're mostly focusing on that tip of the tongue. So that's an example of what I would do. An easier one to do is red leather, yellow leather. Red leather, yellow leather. Red
0: leather, yellow leather. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Good. On a personal note, um, are you married?
1: Yes, I am married. And I wanted, I'm, I'm, I'm actually really glad you're asking me that because I'm a late bloomer, Michael. Oh. I met my husband when I was in my early 40s. Yes, I spent a lot of time on my own, a lot of time pursuing my acting career, a lot of time training. And mm. I met him when I was in my early 40s. And guess what? He also had three children. So oh. I think di- I didn't just get a husband, I got an instant family.
0: It's three stepchildren.
1: Three stepchildren who are they were wonderful and they were kids when I met them and now they're all in their 20s and they're all very creative and lovely oh. and I helped raise them for a very long time.
0: Nice. I know this is none of my business and this probably might sound personal but um do they um consider you like a true mother?
1: Well, you know what I've always said, I, I know some people don't like this expression, but I've always considered myself their their bonus mom because oh. I never tried to replace their real mom. They already have a real mom, right? Oh, yeah. And so it's an interesting role to play when you're the stepmom. But I had, I had a stepmom. I had a wonderful stepmom. So I feel very lucky that I had that experience yeah. because that really affected my relationship with my kids. And I never tried to play that role, but I never tried to be just their friend either, Michael. It's a really fine line, right? Because my husband Rob and I, they knew we were a team that when they were with us, which was half the time, that we had our house rules and their mom had her house rules. <laughs> and So yeah. that was something they had to navigate. But we've been very lucky. They, they wanted me in their lives and that I was very lucky that that was the case. And when I got married to Rob, I married the kids too. We all got married together. They mm-hmm. said, we do, and he said, I do. So we were an Insta family, so I was very, very lucky. That must be very fortunate. So don't give up hope, okay? From one, you're still very young. I'm a late bloomer on every level. Trust the process. I've only recently just turned 28. You're just a baby, Michael. You're just a a wee baby. A baby? A wee baby.
0: Also, I forgot to ask you. Um, who is your favorite voice
1: actor? Phil Hartman. <laughs> yes. Yes. Honestly, I was a mass am still a massive fan of his work and His, Troy McClure, is one of my favorite, favorite things. You could hear in the character choice that Phil Hartman made that he was playing a guy who loved the sound of his voice, which I just think comically is hysterical. It's hilarious. We don't want to talk about anything sad on your show, but that was a tremendous loss and far too soon. He was widely mourned throughout North America because everybody loved him. He was a very affable guy. And just a brilliant character actor, it's hard not to be sad, but then you think of all the gifts he left behind in his work and his performances, all those episodes of work that he's yeah. got out there. He's, like, that work is always going to be around. That's what's so beautiful about anything that's recorded, yeah. Michael, is that long after we're gone, it's going to be out there. Like, Look what you're doing with your podcast. Your voice is out yeah. there now. It's fantastic. No one has your Thanks. voice. Nobody can do what you can do. How is my voice that special? Because it's yours, that's why. Because no one has your heart, no one has your voice, no one has your breath, no one has your family. This is what I tell my students all the time. Those unique qualities that you have, they're like your fingerprint. Nobody else has those. Oh. You know, When I hear, if, I, if someone played me your voice, I would know it was you in a heartbeat. And you know why I would know it was you? Why? Because you have just this incredibly authentic, generous presence. And kindness and that's what comes through there's a there's an authenticity that comes through and that's what that's what makes your voice so unique
0: could we challenge each other to come up with some improvised voices that right now
1: you mean I get to ask you to do some too yeah of course okay challenge accepted what do you want to give me one first or shall I give you one first
0: how about you start
1: all right the first one I'd like you to try is an adorable baby aunt carrying his very first breadcrumb. Huh. So when you think of adorable baby ant, right? Look what's happening to your body. You're, you're imagining lifting the breadcrumb, right? So that's amazing. You're having this physical impulse. You're looking up to the sky like you're looking up to the breadcrumb. And just the sound of the impact of that lifting that heavy load. What would that sound like, Michael, with his little face?
0: <sighs> oh my God, this is heavy. Oh my God, I don't know if I can carry this any longer. Oh my God, I can't. I can't get, I can't make it all the way.
1: How was that? Fantastic commitment. That was fantastic. And you improvised. You came up with a little monologue, which is brilliant. Okay. Brilliant. Now. Do you have one for me?
0: Yeah. Could you do a cranky old lady?
1: Well, I don't know what you mean, Michael. Are you implying that I'm old? Is that what you're implying right now? That I'm cranky and moody and maybe, um... Older than I appear on screen, or maybe in your headphone. Is that what you're implying, Michael? I just don't, I, I, well, I I don't know how I feel about that.
0: Okay, first, okay, first off, that's not what I was implying. Secondly, (laughs) I was only asking you to do a voice. That was it.
1: Touche. Okay, I've got another one for you. Are you ready? Yep. (laughs) Can you do a super popular teenage girl writing in her diary? Super popular.
0: I don't do those kind of voices.
1: Sure you can. I get embarrassed. I just want you to imagine just like you did with the ant with a little grain of bread. So really popular, really friendly, really happy. But she's writing in her diary. She's about to have the best day. I don't want you to try to sound like a teenage girl. I just want you to sound popular. And you're writing in your journal. And you just say yes and you give it a try. So dear diary. Dear
0: diary, today was the best day of my life. My parents were out of my life for once for one day, and then my boyfriend and I, we had the best day together. And tonight we're gonna to to see we're going out to, to see each other again. I'll be running again soon.
1: <laughs> so good. So you see, just having that facial expression, it gave you something to hold on to, didn't you find that? I guess so. And you had stuff to say, she had stuff to say. So you're just embodying that choice and that scenario. And that was really great. Okay. <laughs> Have you got another one for me?
0: Yep. Could you do an ugly, awkward frog? Uh,
1: I, I'm trying not to take it personally, uh, how you feel about my appearance. But uh, I'm just going to stay on this rock and I'm going to think about what you said. And I'm going to try not to get my feelings hurt too much because it's been a rough morning out here in the. The lily pads have been kind of naked. Not a lot of, not a lot of snacks. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the club, pal. (laughs) Awesome. Do you have another one in you? Do you have one more in you? Sure. (laughs) This is hilarious, by the way. Okay. Here's where I want you to channel a little bit of your inner Troy McClure, Michael.
0: Okay. I was, I was hoping to do this.
1: So I wanted, I'm just going to modify it a little bit. Okay. I want you to do a ridiculously handsome muscular football coach giving a star player a pep talk. But he's got that handsome guy face, handsome guy voice. Big muscles, like steroid muscles. Like, just ridiculous. Look, pep talk.
0: Look, mate, I know this is really hard to take in, but just because you lost one game, that doesn't make you a failure. That just provides a, a setback is all. You'll get it next time, mate. Just believe in yourself. Enough, Joel. You're a football player, not, not a little wimp. And nobody on this team are, are wimps. We're all football players, aren't we? Yes, sir! Good. Now, stand stand up, keep your chin up, and stand tall, and move forward. Can you do that for me? Yes, sir! We will, sir! Good. Now get back out there! Roar!
1: I love this is becoming an improv between the two of us. I love that this is happening organically. Fantastic. That was a workout. Thank you.
0: You're welcome.
1: <laughs> so, Michael, I understand you wanted to do your Troy McClure, and there's another character you wanted to do for me. Can you do those for, Can you have them talking to each other? Are you able to do that?
0: I'll be doing it. Or you it want to do them
1: separately? Separately, please. OK.
0: This one with Troy McClure, this is actually also a little bit of a tribute to Phil Hartman, RIP. <clears throat> Hello everybody, I'm Troy McClure, star of such films as P is for Psycho, and The President's Neck is Missing. But now I'm here to tell you about a remarkable new invention. Until now, this was the only way to get juice from an orange. But that's all changed, thanks to the juice loosener. Let's meet the inventor, Dr. Nick Riviera. Hi Troy, hi everybody. (laughs) Hi Dr. Nick. Troy, would you like a glass of orange juice? I sure would. But won't we have to pay those outrageous grocery store prices for something the farmer probably spit in? Not anymore. Thanks to the juice loosener. Doctor, Doctor, are you sure it's on? I can't hear a thing. It's whisper quiet. You got all that from one bag of oranges? That's right. On and now and you'll get Sun and Run, the suntan lotion that's also
1: a laxative. <laughs> Wow, that was a lot of characters in that one little scenario. Fantastic! And what's the other one? Did you said you had a Jim Carrey one you wanted me to hear? Which yep. one is that?
0: One of his more recent characters, Doctor Robotnik. Oh, take it away. Whatever this creature is, it's our job to secure it, neutralize it, uncover the source of its power, and if it resists, we take it apart piece by piece. See what makes it tick. Just one last- one last bonus one. Sure. You know I won't miss you when you're gone. Human beings are stupid and unreliable. I care very little about them. My machines are diligent, relentless. They're everything to me!
1: Fabulous.
0: Thanks. And you know
1: what I'm so thrilled about is just the whisper stuff like when you're just doing everything whispered how you sound like a completely different person. Thank you. And I just I'm dying to share an exercise with you that helped me once play a villain. Would you like to learn it? I actually kind of taught it to myself. Yes please. I was still quite young. I was in my early 30s and I was playing a villain and I wanted to go to a lower part of my voice Michael but I didn't want to force it and I didn't want to hurt my voice or my vocal folds. I didn't want to do any damage and so I I was warming up. I was doing my vocal warm-up and i Figure out a way to get there in a way that wasn't going to hurt my voice. Do you want to try it with me? Yes, please. So you start in your middle voice, just your regular speaking voice. So you're just going to go like a buzzy Z, like a B. In that middle part of your voice, and you're going to make lots of shapes with your lips. So you feel that nice resonance in your in your tongue, good, so you're feeling that on the on the tongue, Michael, you're feeling that warming up the tongue, yep. and now you're going to do this, you're going to open up the sound, so you're going to go Z-A, 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 good, and nice and relaxed, you're going to go down the ladder of your voice, I'm just going to demonstrate, so I'll go Z-A, 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 very, very gradually down the ladder, starting in your Z-A, middle voice,
0: Z a z a z a z
1: a z a. Well, 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 well. Give that a try, well, well, well. Well, well, well. Well, 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 well.
0: Well, 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 what do we have here?
1: What do we have here but Michael Theo?
0: Well, if it isn't Michael Theo himself.
1: So if you ever want to do your villain laughs, like (laughs) (laughs) you start at the bottom and you work your way up, do you want to
0: try one of those? Actually, um, I actually have a different way of, of doing it.
1: Yes? Let me hear your technique.
0: I basically use inspiration from other um, actors' p- performances of, as villainous characters in animation. Yes. You take that man down, or you die trying, and I want no fucking excuses out of you. Is that understood?
1: Understood, sir.
0: Do not fail me, or you'll pay understood?
1: Do you have a maniacal laugh that goes with that guy? <laughs> See, that's my favorite thing to do whenever I have an audition for a villain, Michael. I'll do the laugh and it always has like a, a series of rolls, right? <laughs> <laughs> I always cough at the end. It's just a thing I love to do comically, is cough at the end, almost like the villain's not really that tough, but I love that you naturally coughed at the end of
0: yours.
1: (laughs) That was awesome. Thank you for sharing all that.
0: My pleasure. Also, I need to ask you this. Do you happen to have any advice for me on how to get into the voice acting industry?
1: If you ever get the chance to take an improvisation class or work in community theater, any kind of theater groups in your area. Any chance to perform, Michael, anything, that's going to give you opportunities to, to create characters, to to expand on your repertoire of characters, to be in front of an audience, to actually get that feedback from an audience. Yeah. And it is the skill that has served me the most as a voice actor, without question. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Just saying yes, and then watch all the magic unfold when you say yes. But if you say no, guess what happens, Michael? What? it's like all the joy goes out of it all the all the air goes out of the balloon as soon as you go no I don't want to do that no that sounds dumb that's not a fun improv experience right but if you say okay yeah let's try you know if I come up to you and say grandma grandma and you say um I'm not a grandma I'm Michael Theo and I live in Australia you would say who's my special girl you know if you just accept that you're my grandma (laughs) then we've got a really fun scene to play right yeah Another thing I recommend is that you use your smartphone and record your characters and listen back for consistency. I encourage people to use people in your life. So I encourage you, think about people in your life whose voices you love, the voices that make you feel good, the voices that drive you crazy. So I encourage you to try that as an experiment and then record it and play it back and, and play it for your friends and family and see what they think. So that's a starting point, I hope that's helpful.
0: Thank you. I I appreciate that. Now, um, I believe we're on to our Ask Mr. A Plus segment. Oh, yay! I'll explain what that is. That's a segment towards the end of the podcast where the guest gets the opportunity to ask me questions, anything that comes to mind.
1: If you could be a fly on the wall or a studio recording wall (laughs) for a single recording session for any performer, living or not living... Which performer do you wish you could have been in that studio listening to them create that character? Is there a particular actor or character that you wish you could have witnessed and why?
0: Mark Evan Jackson. He always works in comedies and his characters are are strict and authoritative and he has a very dry, deadpan, flat tone. And that's the, the one voice that appeals to me the most. He's... Consider the dry glue of Michael Schur's work. You know,
1: Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Good Place, Parks and Recreation, all that. Dry, not for laughs, funny is my favorite kind of funny. We also have that in common. Do you know that it's harder to be the straight person than it is to be the goofy person? Yep. You do poker face really well. It's so hard to do. I've only had to do it a couple times. It's the hardest thing.
0: I do find the straight person very easy because I'm usually a very serious person.
1: And yet you're also hilarious so cool talking to you i'm just delight thank you for sharing all your voices with me and your impersonations and for jumping right into improv i feel very lucky
0: you're welcome tracy i've really enjoyed this conversation as well it was quite a privilege
1: likewise thank you so much for having me